0: When four friends from Washington, D.C.'s most elite prep school are hacked, they're thrust into a global conspiracy that threatens to expose D.C.'s most influential families. Meet the Daughters of D.C. Listen to Daughters of D.C. on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Radio Tony. Live from the Gold Coast, Australia. Radio Tony. On W4WN, a platform for the unheard.
1: Good evening America and good morning Australia and thank you for listening in live today to Radio Tony and you've got just me this morning but in line with what we've been doing. I'm going to talk about what we've been reading but before we get on to that I just want to know how everyone out there in Radio Land is going at the moment. Um, You guys in America are having a rough time from what we can see on the outside looking in. Your election is done and dusted. However, it would appear that your uh, president is not readily accepting the vote of you, the American people. And I'd really like to know why there's no one out there with enough strength And leadership to take this man on, what he's doing to your country is completely unacceptable. And for him to continue to try and destabilize the great country of the United States is deplorable. I note that of all the legal challenges to the voting that he's mounted, um, I think there's approximately 15 cases going on at the moment, 10 of those cases are baseless and have been immediately thrown out by by judges. Uh, The other thing that concerns me greatly is the fact that he just won't stop tweeting lies. And that's an appalling way to treat the American people. I think it is deplorable that he continues to spread lies with such conviction that people believe them and they're not true. He has been voted out and he needs to accept the decision of the American people with grace and humility, none of which we are seeing displayed at the moment. And the continual allegations of voter fraud and the numbers that he uh, is quoting would, for all intents and purposes, show that he's lying. For instance, in uh, Georgia alone, he claimed that four dead people voted. Four dead people voting is not going to change the result of the election. And it's not widespread voter fraud you have millions and millions and millions of people in your country if four dead people vote that's not going to change the election results the other thing that is concerning me greatly is the numbers of the virus that is hitting your beautiful country. I know that yesterday you rec- recorded the highest number of coronavirus cases yet, and these numbers are not looking like they're coming down. You also hit a daily record for coronavirus hospitalizations. And in Texas alone, They have one million cases. Guys, these are phenomenal, scary numbers. And before I wouldn't have been party to spreading fear, but you guys have a pandemic that is out of control. If you compare it to the other nations in the world, uh, the US is leading even India and you have one third the population that India has. This is a pandemic that no one seems to be looking after, and my concern for the American people is that no one seems to be stepping forward except the president-elect, who immediately on the knowledge of the results of the election, banded together a group of experts And I encourage you that if no one else is telling you or suggesting that you need to wear a mask and social distance, please, please do that now. It's going to take ages for this pandemic to be under any sort of control in America even if you started today with the hardest decisions around lockdowns limiting social interaction wearing masks staying home and shutting down the the economy it would still take 3 months to have it under control and i'm not sure that the broad majority of americans understand the seriousness ...ness of this. So compare what's happening in Australia. Admittedly, we are a smaller co- a smaller population. We are not a smaller country. We have almost the same size landmass as America. We have no coronavirus cases currently active across the country. Compare that with America's 120,000 new cases per day. You've hit 241,000 deaths of people that did not have to die. You've got a caseload of 10.4 million. Guys, someone needs to step in and start taking some leadership around your health or more Americans are going to continue to die in numbers that is unacceptable. So for the most part, you can protect yourself and that's with simple measures like staying home, wearing a mask, social distancing and washing your hands. Part of this epidemic has been caused by large mass gatherings pre-election with the majority of those not wearing masks. If you compare that to some of the uh, Biden's Uh, pre-election mass gatherings where they were either in cars or completely masks. If you see Joe and his wife out and about, they are always wearing masks. This has to indicate to you that there is an issue with a virus in your country. And today, I just wanted to beg you to start doing these things. If no one else is suggesting these things, then take the lead and start doing them yourselves. You will not only protect you and your family, you will protect the older, immunocompromised and people without the ability to fight the disease. So here's the quandary. There are hospitals that cope with normal amounts of hospital admissions. When you have a pandemic, this means that your hospitals, your nursing staff and your doctors become overloaded. That in that scenario, when your hospitals are overloaded, you cease to be able to deal with the everyday things that happen cancer, elective surgery, heart attacks, accidents, etc., etc., etc. You reduce the capacity of a hospital to deal with the everyday sorts of things that they deal with. And that's not okay. Your health system is under immense pressure as it is without adding uh, coronavirus and its impacts. So once again, I just want you guys to think about the way you carry on with your business. Please go about doing things normally, but just wear a mask Stay away from people, stay home if you're sick, wash your hands and be careful because this virus alone, coupled with what's happening politically for the United States, is very scary indeed. Again, I'm wondering why there aren't other proactive leaders stepping up and having a quiet word with your president about his behavior and the way that he's treating American people, because this is not about you guys. This is about him and his inability to accept a loss on any level. If he cared about you, he would be actively working with President-elect Joe Biden to work through some of these issues, particularly around the virus and many other important issues, help for people that need it under these circumstances and managing the virus and the other issues that are involved. He would cease, uh, Trump would cease trying to issue divisive tweets. He would cease trying to stir up people uh, who are already traumatized and uh, fearing for their lives and he would become a leader. I don't have any confidence or hope that this is going to happen, but I wish it for the American people. I wish that you could see heart-centered leadership in your country, which leads me to some of the conversations that I've had had this week with various guests on my show and those were around what it looks like to be a heart-centered leader versus an ego-centered leader. An ego-centered leader is not about the people. They are about themselves and what it means to them. And I would like to add to that, that a heart-centered leader will pick the components of an ego-centered leader and what they've done well and focus on those things. So this is a bit of a discussion about uh, how your leadership should look like. So for president-elect, I would grab the things that Trump has done well and work on those things. I would not discard them out of just because he did them, because I'm sure that there are elements of great things that he's done for the country in the last four years. However, there is a multitude of things that could be done better, managed better, and those things need to be addressed quickly. If Trump doesn't allow Biden to start managing the virus across your country, it will destroy you and it will cause the sorts of divisions that will see your country crumble and I don't want to see that. So I've been thinking very much about the American people this last week, having talked to numerous people across numerous states in America this week, talking about their... um, causes for concern, and what is making them fearful going forward. And one of those things is definitely that you are in need of a leader who can make those tough decisions that protect the majority of Americans, that looks after the majority of Americans, and starts to create some equality across your great nation. I really hope that the next four years sees some of that happening Uh, in these early stages. It kind of doesn't look great, but I'm really hoping that that will happen for you. So that's my spiel for this morning. When I come back after the break, I'm going to talk to you about a book that I've been reading by the beautiful Glennon Doyle called Untamed, Stop Pleasing, Start Living. But before I get on to that book topic today, we're going to throw to my favourite song and I'm playing again this week and that is uh, The Weekend with Blinding Lights. So over to you, Rebel, and I'll be back after the break to talk to you about this wonderful book called Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Over to you, Rebel. Radio Tony. Bringing
2: social consciousness this time every Thursday evening, live from the Gold Coast, Australia, on W4WN. With Tony Lontis, author of Resilience, memoir of a broken little girl discovering a woman of strength and beauty. Available now on Amazon.com and in all good bookstores.
1: And welcome back. You're listening to Tony Lontus live on Radio Tony. And today I want to talk to you about a book that I've been listening to. So listeners, I um, have swapped from actually reading books to listening to books. Um, I guess it's uh, I can have audio books on when I'm on the mower, uh, mowing our property. I can have them on when I'm in the car driving from one place another and it actually allows me to continue my love of reading but I actually get to hear books rather than read them. So at the moment, um, a friend recommended to me a book by Glennon Doyle called Untamed, Stop Pleasing and Start Living. Now, Glennon Doyle was born in 1996 and she was previously known as Glennon Doyle Melton. She's an American author and known for her best-selling number one New York Times book called Untamed. Her other books include Love Warrior, Carry On Warrior, and she is the creator of an online community called Momistry and is the founder and president of Together Rising, an all-women-led, non-profit organisation supporting women, families and children in crisis. Glennon was born in Burke, Virginia and she has one sister. She writes and speaks frequently about the early struggles with bulimia and addiction. In her 2013 TED talk, X talk. She spoke about lessons from the mental hospital and she discusses the time spent in a mental health hospital when she was a teen. Uh, She completed her arts degree in university in uh, 1998 and she was a member of Sigma Kappa Sonority Delta Rio Chapter. Following her graduation, she became a teacher in North Virginia. She founded Together Rising in 2012, and it exists to transform collective heartbreak into effective action. I'm just going to read that again because it's particularly beautiful. Together Rising is a non profit that tr- it aims to transform collective heartbreak into effective action. Most of Together Rising's funds are raised through time limited, crowd sourced fundraisers where contributors are limited to giving a maximum of $25 to meet a particular need. This strategy is designed to build community, to enable people from all income groups to be able to donate and overcome indecision about how much to give. Uh, Glennon married Craig Melton uh, and was married between 20, 2002 and 2016 and has three children. She met an author by the name of Abby Wambach on a book tour in November 2016. And she announced her relationship to Wamback in 2017. And so part of her uh, book Untamed, which is part inspiration, part memoir. She explores the joy and peace that we discover when we stop striving to meet the expectations of a world and instead dare to listen and trust our deep inner voice inside us. So uh, the book talks a lot about her struggles with discovering a love for a woman versus a love for a man Um, and it's pretty powerful heart-tugging stuff and a great listen so the voice of longing inside each each woman we strive so mightily to be good we want to be good partners good daughters, good mothers, good employees and good friends and we hope that all this striving will make us feel alive. Instead, it leaves us feeling weary, stuck, overwhelmed, underwhelmed and oftentimes it leaves us feeling sick. We look at our lives and wonder, wasn't it supposed to be more beautiful than this? And we quickly silence that question telling ourselves to be grateful hiding our discontent even from ourselves. So for many years, Glennon Doyle denied her own discontent. Then, while speaking at a conference, she looked at a woman across the room and fell instantaneously and passionately in love. So much so that it was a very physical sensation for her and she describes the moment in terms of the words that flooded into her mind and those words were, there she is. At first, Glennon assumed that these words that were coming to her from on high but she soon realised that they come from within her There was her own voice, the one that she'd buried beneath decades of numbing addiction, cultural conditioning, and institutional allegiances. This was the voice of the girl that she'd been, before the world, told her who she was. Glennon decided to quit abandoning herself and instead abandon the world's expectations of her. She quit being good so she could be free. She quit pleasing to start living. Uh, These were wonderful concepts for me to hear about and further helped me understand what it is to dig deep into yourself and to understand what you truly want instead of what everyone else wants for you. It reinforced to me me to stop uh, saying the sorts of things that other people wanted me to hear, to stop being the person other people wanted me to be and start to discover who I wanted to be, what I wanted to say and indeed what I felt driven to say. So nothing that I say to you on radio is very much off the cuff it comes from a place of a deep wanting to convey understanding to everyone who'll listen so going forward on to Glennon's autobiography um, it's soulful it's funny it's forceful and it's tender but it's an intimate memoir um, that tries to galvanize us with a big wake-up school- call it's a story of how one woman learned that to be a responsible mother is not one who slowly dies for her children but one who knows how to fully live. It's a story of navigating divorce, forming a new blended family and discovering that brokenness or wholeness of a family depends not on its structure but on each member's ability to bring her full self to the table. And it's a story about how each of us can begin to trust ourselves enough to send boundaries, to make peace with our bodies, to honour our anger and heartbreak, and to unleash our truest, wildest instincts. So we become women who finally look at ourselves and say, there she is. The book Untamed shows us how to be brave. And the braver we are, the luckier we get. So just to share with you listeners, one of the my favourite um, books moments in the book is one of the moments where she talks about her struggle when deciding whether to stay in her marriage or to continue to have a relationship with Abby, who she felt a time-stopping attraction to the moment that she saw her. So number one, let's consider what that meant for a Christian married woman to have that moment, and for us to understand that she suddenly had to challenge everything that she thought and knew, from her Christian upbringing to her Christian doctrine to being married versus being divorced and all those things that are involved in that conversation. And the way she describes her feelings and finding out the truth is quite a wonderful thing to discuss today. So she talks about examining those feelings in terms of sitting quietly by herself and examining the feeling of going home to her husband versus the thought of never having Abby in her life again. And what did that feel like? And in her describing these these feelings and her her up and down and her not knowing, she just sat with it. And what come to her was how do you feel when you think about going home to your husband and how do you feel about the thought of not having Abby in your life? And she describes it in terms of of the thought of Abby was warm and beautiful and whole and like coming home. And when she thought about her husband, it was not the same warm, overwhelming, delicious feeling. And it struck her right then in that moment that that's how she wanted to go through life from there on, that if the feeling that she felt came with a warm, enveloping beautiful feeling, that meant that was right. And she struggled with knowing what she felt was right and knowing what the world would think, knowing what the world would do to her and knowing what that meant for her family. So it's the old Good versus bad, bad quandary. And I actually love the way that she tapped into her feelings. And the one that won over was that feeling of wondrous warmth and beauty versus something else. And for me, that was the main thing that I took from that chapter was to govern our decisions on the deep feelings within our heart. And that meant that we had to take time out, sit somewhere, be somewhere quiet and alone and just think and feel those feelings. And at the end of the day, the one that felt the best, that was the feeling that she should make because that was the heartfelt, spirit, divine feeling she needed to follow. The next part in her story was where she talks about raising her daughters and she wanted to raise her daughters as feminists and wanted to ensure that they had a strong internal narrative that helped them decision make through their lives. And so she reflected on her own upbringing as a girl, and I can relate to this absolutely. And she reflected that girls were uh, told to be quiet, small, pretty, accommodating, and pleasant. And they were told this from a very young age. And unless... Our girls are presented with an alternative dialogue. That's what you believe. You believe that you have no voice. You believe that to speak out is wrong. You believe that to get ahead, you have to be pretty and accommodating. And I want to challenge you today to think about that from a woman and for women raising daughters, that that's not the place that you want your daughters to come from. We're raised in a strong patriarchal society, which I think we will see the end of in the next 10 years. This patriarchal society breeds toughness and strength, but it doesn't teach us how to be humans. And a human experience is about all sorts of feelings, from tenderness to toughness, from strength to fragility it teaches us that we need to teach ourselves and our children to be human first and encompass all of those feelings. So Glennon talks about teaching her girls to be wild and loud and proud and free and sweet and gentle and tender, but not to be determined by what society says that they should be. And, she also then went on to start to talk about the raising of her son and a key moment in time where she realized that she was teaching him to be a man that she didn't want him to be. So instead of, so when people came to her and commented on her daughters saying that they were bossy, her response was always to say, she'll be a great leader one day but she didn't say when people responded about her son being uh, tender or in tears, she didn't reply, conversely, that vulnerability was his key strength. So you see the difference? So whilst we have lots of women's empowerment, we need to step further into empowering our men and our sons to say that their vulnerability is okay, that it's acceptable, and that it's part of being a good human. So I want to just read to you just a, a, a beautiful portion of her book that will help you to understand about boys in our current culture. And it goes like this. Um, boys that believe that men are all-powerful will lie, steal, cheat to keep their power. And boys who are raised to believe that girls exist to validate them would take a girl's rejection as a personal affront to, the, to their masculinity. And it's not. Boys who aren't allowed to have wholehearted open, vulnerable connections, will connect vulnerability with shame, and they will become men who violently hate gays or any boys or men who show vulnerability. They believe that pain in men is weakness, and for those boys who are raised like that, they become men for whom pain is weakness, and they would rather die than ask for help and healing they boys who were taught this become men who believe that you can't cry and those men who can't cry become men who rage and this is an epidemic across america today We need to train our boys that the way to become a wonderful man is not to objectify and conquer women, that being masculine is not to value wealth and power above all and to suppress any emotions other than competitiveness and rage. We are stunned when She was stunned, Glennon was stunned to discover that men are caged too by our society. They are caged into this idea that they cannot be human if they show emotion. We tend to label traits as feminine or masculine traits. Feminine traits being kindness, empathy, understanding, connection And instead of labeling them as feminine traits, we need to label them as human traits. For girls can be tough and boys can be soft, and that is part of being human. And I want to challenge you today to start thinking about human traits versus feminine and masculine traits. We need to challenge gender roles in terms of tenderness. Because if we don't, we will end up with more of what we have. We will end up with millionaires hoarding millions. We will end up with children shot and killed while the richest make more money and have no mercy and empathy. And again, I want to challenge you to look at your leadership in terms of empathy, mercy and understanding of toleration and tolerating every individual in our society and i don't want you to continue to label traits as feminine or masculine i want to think want you to think of them as human traits and as a human what makes a good human it's not lying it's not cheating it's not using misogynistic language to describe women And it starts at the top levels of leadership across your beautiful country. So... On that line, she went on to then discuss about raising her son and the fact that in their household there were certain jobs and she got to a point where she was starting to let her son not do the wash-up, the tidy and stuff that she expected from the girls in the household. And she was challenged on this by her partner, Abby, and Abby said to her that she was being unfair to the girls. And so what she did was to start to have an honest honest conversation with her son. And when he started to uh, not complete his household chores, she said, no, you are no longer going to be able to get away with that because I need you to understand and I want you to become a man who values his home life as something that takes priority versus what his work life or outside life was. And again, it was a powerful moment in the book where I began to think about how I'd raised my own son and what I expected of the men in and around my life. So uh, that is a bit about glennon's book and i know that it was um it's been a powerful read or powerful listen for me so i encourage you to jump out and have a look for that it's called uh it's by glennon doyle it's called untamed it's a new york times bestseller and it's packed with incredible insight about what it means to be a woman today and i'm sure it would be a great read for the men out there So I'm going to pop on to a little break now. And when I come back, I'll be telling you a bit about what's been happening in my life thus far. And I'm going to hand over to Rebel and I'll be back in a moment. Over to you, Rebel.
2: Radio Tony. Difficult conversations and bringing hope to listeners. Live from the Gold Coast, Australia on W4WN. Tony on W4WN. Your safe space for tough conversations.
1: And I think we've managed to mess up the <laughs> the schedule, and that's all good. I'll continue talking. So, um, yes, lots of conversations. From people across America this week, I've had a lovely conversation to a woman in the United Kingdom who was talking about uh, trauma and how we pass that down to future generations. So I'm not sure if, if you are aware that there is a new and evolving study around epigenetics. And epigenetics is simply the study of what gets passed down in our genetic lineage So in our gene line, we can carry up to seven generations of trauma. Now, if you think about that in a logical sense, I don't know what's in my lineage seven generations back. And I'm not sure that we have capacity to understand what's in our lineage uh, seven generations back. But anyway, the discussion evolved around the concept that if there was a great trauma seven generations, so we're going back seven, 800 years, a long time ago, for those women that were subjected to horrible acts of crime for those women who were thought to be witches and that were burned at the stake. She was um, having a conversation with me around the trauma that sits in our DNA and gets passed down generation after generation. So generation after generation, we have trauma in our genetic line. And if we don't think about that or, or delve into that and heal it, That it continues to happen for many generations. So following on for that conversation about my belief that the next 10 years will be, there will be powerful shifts across the world in terms of humanity and our understanding of not just the human experience, but a higher level spiritual experience. And this wonderful woman in the UK was talking about the uh, clearing of trauma from our genetic lineage, and I'm hoping that I'll be able to do some shows with her in 2021 to further discuss what this looks like and the fact that you can actually heal that trauma from your genes so that you don't continue to pass it on to future generations. That's particularly important for anyone who has suffered sexual abuse at any stage in their life, and you don't, you want to heal from that and not pass it genetically to future generations. Again, I'm looking to have some further conversations around those topics in 2021. Now, before I run out of time, I'm going to have um, a guest author on next week by the name of C.T. Mitchell, and he writes amazing crime thrillers and short reads. And I've had him on the show before, but it's been a while since we talked together. Um, He is quite um, an inspirational guy to talk to since he only started writing later in life and has developed um, a huge following in the crime Thriller genre and a huge following for his short reads and books across the United States and the world. Now, CT is his writer's name. Uh, his real name is Greg Reed, and we will be talking to him next week about what it's like to be a best selling author, about his writing process, and about how he manages to write so many books so quickly and keep up with his large network of followers and readers. So Greg is also a friend of mine and um, I'm really looking forward to having him on Radio Tony Spotlight on the Authors next week. That's Greg Reed who writes under the name of C.T. Mitchell and the C.T. Mitchell has a beautiful story behind it which we'll talk about next week and then we'll talk about all the amazing books he has out there. So that's the show for next week. We are just about out of time but before I go, I just want to encourage you to be kind. Be gentler and question things that you are being heard. There's a rising body of evidence and knowledge that would suggest that non-traditional media, i.e. the Women for Women's Network and any other online radio station and online TV networks that you see and listen to are going to be better for you than traditional media, traditional radio, and traditional TV because independence gives us the opportunity to question what you're being told. Independence gives us the right as broadcasters to question what others aren't game to question and to talk about some tough subjects that others won't take on. So I encourage you to keep listening to the Women for Women's Network and any other independent station that you gel with because it's important to expand your knowledge and understanding of what's happening in the world. If you only hear from traditional media then that's your reality but if you start to hear from independent networks about other thoughts of views from other countries across the world it will broaden your horizons and it will make you a better human that's my lot for this week thank you everyone for listening today this is Tony Lontis on Radio Tony and I'll be back next week with a wonderful show Spotlight on the Authors with C.T. Mitchell over to you Rebel Radio Tony
2: your safe space for tough conversations exposing secrets and talking about trauma and recovery Radio Tony, a platform for the unheard. Radio Tony. With Tony Lontis, author of Resilience, memoir of a broken little girl discovering a woman of strength and beauty.
3: What set you
2: free? To me, hey. Radio, Tony, Tony, Tony. Radio Tony. What set you free? Available now on Amazon.com and in all good bookstores. Yeah. Radio Tony back next Thursday from 7pm Eastern Standard Time, live from the Gold Coast, Australia.